Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for March 2018. This month, we meet an early career investigator, Maria Luisa Tatarano, to hear about her work on early brain activity and brain development. Maria Luisa Tatarano is a Fellow of Neonatal Neurology of the Wilhelmia Children's Hospital in Utrecht, the Netherlands. Maria realised her passion for research during her first year of residency training and became interested in biomarkers of brain development in preterm infants. In this episode, Maria tells us about her recent paediatric research article into the relationship between early brain activity and brain morphology and microstructure. Here's Maria taking us back to the beginnings of her career. Yeah, I, uh, I've started my medical training at the University of Siena in Tuscany in Italy where I studied medicine and then I started pediatric residency program. And after that, at the third year of my residency program, I decided to move to the Netherlands for one year research time. And you're currently there as a fellow of neonatal neurology. Yeah, then I went back to Italy to finish my residency and then uh, they called me after one year because there was an open position for a fellow of neonatal neurology. So you've also, apart from practicing medicine, you got a taste for research, didn't you? Tell me about your PhD project. When I first came to the Netherlands in 2013, it was just for a six months period and I had to collect some samples for a study which was a collaboration together with the University of Siena. Then I decided to make a bigger project out of it. And then I decided to stay a little bit longer. So in the end, my research period was of 15 months. And then I decided to start a PhD here. They offered me this opportunity, so I kept it. (laughs) And then I went back to Italy, continued working on my PhD, but from a distance. And after one year and a half, I was able to come back to the Netherlands. So I became a fellow and I was able to finalise my PhD as well. Tell me about your PhD project then, because you, you were looking into early biomarkers of brain development and that's something you've stuck with. Yes, all my research was focused on preterm babies below 28 weeks of gestation. So I focused on biomarkers of oxidative stress. But I also looked into the new uh, technique, uh, which is called metabolomics. And I also used amplitude-integrated EEG in order to be able to predict brain development in preterm babies. Uh, So I used different techniques. And that was, uh, I think, the most interesting part of my PhD, because I could be able to study many different techniques and see how we can uh, better predict brain development in this uh, high-risk population. That's precisely what this most recent paediatric research paper is about. Early brain activity is a biomarker for later brain development. Tell me about the the main objectives of this study. Yes, what we do as a standard of care in Utrecht is to record the amplitude-integrated EEG in all preterm babies below 28 weeks of gestation for the first three days after birth. 
And using this recording, we were uh, able to see brain activity of these babies. And using a post-processing technique, we were able to calculate the number of spontaneous activity transients per minute. And these, these are the most important features of the preterm brain activity. So, so these are basically kind of high-voltage bursts. What do they signify? They are just like bursts of activity and there are some studies which are recently published which show that they can probably drive uh, the development of myelination and of the development of brain structures. So the more activity you have, actually the more uh, your brain will develop. And this implies also that we maybe should take care when we use sedation to these preterm babies Using sedation, we can also depress brain activity, and maybe this can have influence later on. So you, you were measuring the, the first few days of life, the brain activity. What kind of structural measurements then did you make to sort of assess the brain development? We performed conventional T1 and T2 weighted images, and then we used also advanced MRI techniques such as diffusion tensor imaging. And in this way, we could have an indication of brain volumes growth, but also uh, changes in microstructure. So this was essentially a very neat way of assessing whether early SATs, these, these as this aspect of brain activity, was a good biomarker for brain development in, in these preterm neonates. Yes. What we saw in this paper was that the number of spontaneous activity transients was associated with the growth of the cerebellum and also of the, with the growth of the cortex. And that's really uh, important because it means that you can already say something about the future after three days after birth. Because the first question parents will ask is, will my child walk in the future or will he be able to go to school with other children? Will he have a normal life? So what neonatologists are asked is a prediction model. And that's what we try uh, to make. And AEG is definitely a, a very important tool and promising for the future. So this is the second study of its kind looking at the effects of this early SAT activity on later brain development. But this is the first study that then went on to look at the effects it had on the microstructure. Can you tell me precisely what you were looking for? What we measure with the AEG is just a superficial brain activity, so just on the cortex. But what, what I didn't know, if we could see something also on the microstructure, which is something that is deeper and it will develop also really later on. You can have a complete myelination at two years of age. So this is a very long period. What we saw in this paper was that the number of spontaneous activity transients was associated with the fractional anisotropy, which is a derived measure from the DTI, from the diffusion tensor imaging in the corpus callosum. And the corpus callosum is a white matter structure which is responsible of interhemispheric connections. So it's really important for the cognitive outcome of the patients. How predictive do you think that this early brain activity is? What, what happens if there is a, a preterm neonate born at 27 weeks and there are no, no SAT bursts or very few per minute? 
we definitely will use that into the clinical practice, but we also have other tools such as the MRI or the, the brain ultrasound that we can do bedside and can give also more insight into uh, brain injury. So that, that will not be the only tool we have. So we will not make decisions only based on the, on the number of spontaneous activity transients, but it's more important to realize how the brain develops after birth and how important this early brain activity is for the development of the preterm brain. So we should take that into account in our NICUs, trying to give the right medication at the right moment and try to not to depress too much their brain activity, let's say. So it's more a study on brain development and not about decision making. So we now have this appreciation of the effect that this early brain activity has on structural and microstructural brain development. How do you hope that paediatricians use this information? Do, do, do most paediatricians have an EEG machine at hand all the time? Not in small hospitals, but in bigger hospitals, they, uh, they, they all have an uh, amplitude EEG. They use it mainly for term babies with um, neonatal encephalopathy because that's more known and more studied. So they use it especially for the background pattern to evaluate the background pattern in these uh, term infants with uh, neonatal encephalopathy. But in preterm babies, it's quite a uh, developing field. And no one, or at least only few centers, use the AEG in preterm babies. And what we want to say with our studies is that we can implement uh, amplitude EEG, for example, with the calculation of, of uh, SATA and also of the intersat intervals, which are the periods of brain inactivity. And this can also be used maybe in the clinics in the future to predict the outcome. And that's what I want to say. So it's important to monitor also preterm babies with amplitude amplitude EEG, and we can have clinical variables which can be used in the daily practice to predict the outcome. What's next for you? Have you got another piece of research in the pipeline? Now I won a grant with the ESPR, and with this grant I will uh, go to Leuven in Belgium, because in that centre they use quite advanced techniques to analyse and to evaluate the full EEG, so the multi-channel EEG. And that's what I want to do in the future, to uh, implement uh, my research, not only with the amplitude EEG, which is a, a two-channel EEG, but also with the multi-channel EEG and see if we can have more information with the full EEG. That's it for this episode. We'll be back again next month with the next edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.